in sports, if you want to be the best, there are no off days. Welcome on in to the No Off Days podcast, the Nod Pod here. Uh, welcome, Chris. Welcome, BK, in the booth. We'll get to him shortly. Uh, I, I expected you to be rocking the crimson here this week. Is uh, well, your loyal tide come to town? My Bama shirts are still tear-stained at the time. I had to take them to the cleaners. <laughs> need a good scrubbing. Uh, oh, just boy. start over again. Yeah. What, what is your boy Nick Saban's message uh, to the tide this week? What I, what I read or what I listened to of his post-game was um, – you wanted his message to the public or to his team? Uh, give me uh, maybe public and then transcribe. Public is, okay, don't panic. As he said it, this is a midterm, not the final exam. Midterm grade, not so good. Uh, mess- are, now, are his players acquainted with those terms? <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a, fair, it's a fair question. I think you're referring to all the grad transfers we have. Yes, now. of course. Uh, message to his team, though, is probably number one clean up the mistakes, 10 penalties for over 100 yards. That's two years in a row they've done that against Mm -hmm. Texas. Uh, And then there's probably a strong message to his offensive line. Uh, If you guys can't get this done, we'll find, you know, some guys who can. They they were just manhandled by the Texas Longhorns. What's the line set at against USF? Uh, 32. Okay. Uh, I saw a good T-shirt. Maybe that's the one I should have worn, although it was in USF colors. It said, you know how teams used to say, we want Bama, Mm. although they don't say that anymore. They say, we want Georgia. This one said, we want Bama. It had the Bama marked out, and it had cover the spread written on it. Saw that at a local (laughs) store. Uh, The Bulls Uh, might do it. Who knows? Well, yeah. yeah. Well, they've got horns, right? Here's the thing. Uh, Coach Gullish, the worst thing that could have happened to him over the weekend was (laughs) Texas beating Alabama. Typically, the the trend is that uh, a good pummeling is – is coming right after Alabama loses. Oh yeah, that's the way it should be. Okay. Uh, do you remember the last time Alabama played in Raymond James Stadium? Though what happened? Yes, I'm, that was uh, that was Clemson. Yeah, that was the big natty. Ooh, was at that one too. Didn't yeah. enjoy that outcome. <laughs> and you're going this week, right? I'm going this week. BK, are you going too? I will be there. Yes. All right. Are you guys going together? No, we didn't get the. Uh, it's probably better. I'm sure than, we'll yeah. we'll meet up. But. Yeah, we've got. I've got a good lead on a tailgate for us, BK. My other friend Scott. I know another Scott. Do Sorry, you? yeah. Now I'm jealous. He's he's gonna have us hooked up. Okay. We may not even need to go into the stadium. We'll see. There you go. <laughs> All right. Very good. Yeah, it'll be a fun one. It I will mean, be. this is USS been working on this for years, and just just the fact that you're getting you know a, a, a team, of course, with the history that Alabama has to come. To your home turf, uh, it says a lot. Uh, so kudos to Michael Kelly and, and the the ability for the USF, uh, kind of the 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 upper management there to get this on the schedule to make sure it comes to fruition. And it, it's going to be sellout, right? Is it sellout. That's the word. Better yeah. be. That's the word right? on the street. Okay. Nice three thirty kickoff on another network. Okay. Yeah. All right. BK, what what do we have on today's program? Today we got Rick Stroud, Tampa Bay Times writer. Yeah. And runs the Tampa Bay Sports Podcast. Is that the name of it? Or it's Sports Sport- Day Tampa Bay. There you go. Now Thank you're going to get a lashing from Rick when he gets there on the show because you, you don't know the name. But it's All a right. great podcast. It is. And uh, so we'll have him get his thoughts on the Bucks and the rest of the NFL season. It's been kind of a, a slow news week for the NFL, I think. Oh, yeah. So we'll check wow. in on that. Golly. And then at the uh, end of the show, I thought we would check in. You, you guys watch a lot of college football in these first two slash three weeks, I guess. So mm-hmm. I've come up with some names of football players, and we've kind of done this in a different way in the past, but you tell me if the, it's a real football player or if it's a fictional name. No, 
Oh, I like this game. Yeah, you're gonna be kind of Kato, This is Kato's sweet spot. Right up my alley. Well, you no, he, study, he studies week. rosters in his free time. <laughs> you're always the best at figuring out Brian's bluffs. Like well, when he's done just enough research. I, I have to make a decent sound. BS meter, but um, yeah, I don't. BK I don't BS know the names. Right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That actually future segment. Mark it down. <laughs> All right, good stuff. All right, we'll catch up with you in a bit, BK. Uh, if you're listening and you want to watch, go to fox13news.com/nodpod. If you're watching and you want to listen or subscribe, take out your phone, zap that QR code on the bottom right-hand corner of the screen, and there you. Can find all of our shows dare i say the 49 previous shows because chris it is episode number 55 oh we did it we did it yeah yes yo you surprised me with cake in last week's episode i know we should have had cake this I, week well, the what? confetti was supposed to fall from the ceiling right when i said that but it, it didn't where is the mayor with that darn key i know we asked for it after what episode 10 <laughs> yeah we wanted a key to the city <laughs> we've been you know every 10 we're gonna be beating down the door yeah uh, so please subscribe fox13news.com slash nodpod so the big news of course as we taped this on a tuesday was what happened uh, in the meadowlands last night of of course, so much hype and hysteria around the arrival of Aaron Rodgers and what that means to the fortunes of the New York Jets. Well, apparently they still have the same old bad luck. Fourth play on offense for the Jets and down goes Rodgers. He is done for the season with a ruptured Achilles. I mean, this is this is awful. And there, there is no shortage of opinions on what people think about Aaron Rodgers. I'm personally a fan. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. Uh, this is not an outcome that you want on anybody. You, you wish on your worst enemy. Honestly, this is, um, you know, where do the where does this team go from here? They they look back to Zach Wilson, uh, who actually ended up, you know, I wouldn't say he led them to a victory, but they, they got the they got the win, and he was their starting quarterback. Um, it's big special teams play in overtime to to secure secure that victory over the Bills last night, but. This is just tough, man. I mean, yeah. you hate to see this for anybody, especially a quarterback that's 39 years old. Yeah, I feel the same. I, I like Aaron Rodgers. I know he's divisive, but I like the guy. I like, you know, he just skill-wise, right? He's fun to watch. And I was I watched Hard Knocks, you know, followed the Jets through training camp. And those guys were so happy to have him as their QB. Like, the defensive coordinator was showing the defense film, you know, that they had on tape of the offense going against defense. Rodgers making some sick throw and the defensive coordinator being like, that's our quarterback. That's our QB. Like, there was all this buy-in. I, I thought he was going to ball out this season. And so, it's tough to watch. Um, I have, I have no idea what's going to happen with him, but for some reason I feel like he got enough of the taste of New York and what that could be that he may try to he may try to battle back from this. Uh, you I mean, know, I hear people saying this could be career ending, but I think he may certainly fight to come back from this. Yeah, I mean, you would think that if there's anything that's kind of a, a motivation for him is with as much buildup as this season had, does he still feel like? Not only do I owe it to myself, but I owe it to these Jets fans yeah. to kind of at least attempt to deliver on this. You know, this is like a I was reading like a 10 to 12 month recovery. Mm -hmm. Now we have seen faster. Um, I believe it was um, well, Shaq Barrett here locally. I mean, he came back from a ruptured Achilles uh, and he did that last season he, and he's yeah. back and, and ready to go as healthy as ever. Um, so yeah, Cam Akers, Cam Akers it. was I think he did it in like six months. Yeah. So. Now those are those are some younger wheels, mm -hmm. so it's going to look a little bit different. But uh, you know, I think that um, 
uh, this is just yeah. If if he goes into retirement, I think that would probably be if I was going to be an odds maker on that. I would say that's that's what it's looking like. So okay, you think that's the most likely? Well, I mean, he's going to be forty years old next year, and yeah. trying to come back. It's one thing to just recover from a significant injury like that, but it's another thing to then get your body back into football shape. Mm-hmm. You know, how long is that going to take him? He takes good care of himself, but I mean, I think, man. If you can come back next year, middle of the season, is it is it worth that kind of what at that point maybe you know over a year's time right. of, of putting in the work? I don't know. I, I hope he does. I don't want it to. I would. I don't want this to be the this way the story be the ending, is written. Right. right? Yeah. Now that that Jets team does have a really good defense, as we saw last night. Uh, they got some good pieces there. Brees Hall at running back. I mean, I think that Garrett Wilson at, at receiver. I think they have some pieces where. If they can just plug in a quarterback, you know, maybe it's not Zach Wilson. Maybe they go out and find somebody that might be able to deliver. So do you have any thoughts on who would be worth going out and trying to nab? Uh, I looked at it, and I've read a lot of the chatter. I think it's Zach Wilson's team. I, I don't think, think so. there's anyone out there uh, that realistically. I, I've read some odds that had Nick Foles as the number one target. I, I've, I've read Foles. I've read, you know, Colt McCoy. I've read Blake Bortles because of his past relationship with Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, there was someone else in that mix. Uh, none of them seem like an upgrade. And you've got a guy in Zach Wilson who is familiar with the offense, who I think is better than he was last season, who seems to be in a better place, who you would hope has Aaron Rodgers in his corner as Aaron rehabs. And so I think you got to kind of roll with Zach. I mean, there's no like, you know, there's no savior out there that I think is going to provide an instant upgrade. Hey. It, having to come in and learn a new offense at this point. I mean, Hackett's offense isn't like, you know, simple. No, you're right. I mean, it's it's unfortunate that uh, Trey Lance seems like a guy, had he not been traded to the Cowboys a few weeks back, you know, he's a guy that was, if he was still on that San Francisco roster, you know, that would make a lot of sense to try to get him out there. Uh, you know, Tom, Tom Brady's available. <laughs> Tom Brady does not want to have to be behind that Jets offensive line. You, Aaron Rodgers dropped back three times and got pressured twice and then injured. So, no, you need a mobile guy. Is it Jameis Winston? Uh, I mean, it beats being a third stringer. beats being the emergency quarterback for uh, the Saints, you know, and – that I don't think that would require a whole lot in terms of a trade in yeah. order to grab him. So it's a possibility. I don't know if that's how much of an upgrade that is, honestly, over Zach Wilson. I, I mean, I think Jameis has some physical tools. Obviously, we, we watched all that. But um, he's just kind of been on the sideline for a while now. And, and how much of the, the turnover aspect of it, playing in front of a, a spotty O-line, I mean, you're going to get Jameis on the run again. I mean, Yeah. Yeah. I got one. Okay. Uh, Kyler Murray. You know what? The that's Cardinals actually, have kind of put him on the shelf, right? Now, the contract is going to be a big problem. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, if if the Cardinals want to eat up a bunch of that, or you know, before they trade him, then possibly. Yeah. But I mean, they're going to get rid of him probably anyway, right? Well, they're what? Yeah, they Caleb want the Williams. Caleb Williams yeah, lottery. Um, all right, let's jump into what we saw week one in the NFL. Now we're going to do a little segment called Outliers or Trends, and so this is, you're going to tell me. And um, uh, does BK want to be a part of this? Brian, do you sure. want? Sure. Okay. Why not? All right. <laughs> sure. I'll be real quick. All right. Dust the crumbs off your shirt. You're back. Okay. Uh, so yeah, we're, I'm gonna I'm gonna just lay out a topic, a team, a win, and you tell me whether it's an outlier or a trend. All right. So let's start locally. Bucks big win over Minnesota. Is that an outlier? Or is that a trend? I'm going. Can I go first? Since yeah. I just started yeah. talking, I'm yeah. going trend uh, because I believe in the defense. 
And I think Baker is going to be okay. I yeah. say trend. This is going to be a team to contend with. PK? I, I will go trend as well. I, I, I like Baker in that second half. He, he's just like a different different person. And like Cato said, the defense, they'll, they'll never go in slumps. There was some things in that game I think may tend to be an outlier. I mean, winning the turnover margin 3 nothing. Uh, as few penalties as they yeah. were docked in that game. I mean, they, they were they played a solid game. You know, the defense, I do believe, you know, I've said before, when we make our predictions, I thought they would be one of the better defenses in the NFL this year. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy trend because I think that what we saw, even within that this, the context of that game, we saw an offense that was trending, uh, improving, you know, throughout, yeah. as the game wore on. So, yeah, I'll take trend too. Bengals score three and a loss to the Browns. Ooh. Outlier or trend? That's an outlier. Yeah. It's got to be. I will say, though, something with the Bengals. I mean, it was – didn't uh, – I mean, uh, Rodgers had a strained calf during training camp. Who else had a strained calf during training oh, camp right. this year? Yeah, you know, Burrow. Not saying I'm not a doctor. I don't know if any two are related. But if I was a Bengals fan, I'd be a little uh, antsy. Oh. You kind of feel like a doctor, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, do. Did yeah. you see all the Twitter, or you can't, not Twitter, ex-doctors last night as Boy, we taped this last night? Like, there are guys who have, like, they're, do- they're real doctors, and they have, like, studios, and they were instantly analyzing Rodgers. Like, like based on the play, like Based the- on the play, and they, they, were, they were right. It was an Achilles tear. They're like, yeah. see how he stood up, and then he immediately, like, knew it was over and sat. So, Twitter doctor is a new thing. Well, BK- let me give some love to BK, because last night as we watched this, uh, he diagnosed that correctly. Here, I was thinking, was you know, this was just a tweaked ankle. I, give him, give him two weeks. Yeah, give him two weeks. You guys were watching. And he football was like, "No, I think it's an Achilles," <laughs> and he, he nailed it. Good job, BK. All right, I think that could be a significant pay raise for you if you go you. Uh, Twitter doctor. Uh, uh, Lions in their Thursday night win over Ooh. Kansas City. I'm Outlier trend. trend. That's a big trend right there. Big trend. Okay. We said in our picks that this Lions team is for real. I think Kansas City playing like it did is an outlier, but I well, think... Well, it hurts not having two of their better players on yeah. the field, right? So. Yeah. I think the Lions, though, will play a lot better than they did. Yeah. Like, they, you know, still a little shaky. I think what we see in week one is a lot of these teams don't play their starters in the preseason, and it looks icky. Like, the Bengals, I, I, the, yeah. the Chiefs, it takes a while. Yeah. Um, and I agree. I think that's a trend. Derek Carr leading the Saints to just one touchdown in that game. They had a boatload of field goals... Uh, but one touchdown, so maybe the the subject here is uh, Saints offense led by Derek Carr. Mm, I'm gonna I'll say that this is going to be a trend. I know, but wow. here's why: because who of I need who, to dump him off my fantasy team. Then who said I need I have a lobby? Uh, who said that the Titans defense was going to be anything this season? No one. Right? Uh, maybe we're all wrong. Their pass rush was outstanding, uh, but I could see this being kind of a bumpy ride for Carr yeah. and the Saints. What you got, BK? I'll go outlier. Yeah. I mean, Derek Carr's got a – I mean, he's he's shown that he, he's capable of having some uh, good games and some put up some good streaks there. So, yeah. I agree. I, I, I'm going to go outlier because I, I just think that, that offense has enough weapons, and, and he's a gunslinger. So, yeah. he'll get it together. Kenny Pickett and the Steelers looking rough against those 49ers. Boy, Yuck. that was bad. Yucky. Oh. I say outlier just because what I mentioned a minute ago. I don't think they played enough in the preseason. They'll get it. I mean, you've got George Pickens, you got Deontay Johnson, Najee. Who's that other running back? Warren is is has burst. Uh, Fryermuth. I mean, come on, with those weapons, they'll get it working. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's a it's an outlier. You got, uh, I mean, I, Cato. That's a good point about the preseason. I mean, yeah, these guys are still getting their feet under him a little bit. So yeah. Yeah, I agree. Outlier. Uh, Jordan Love, three touchdown passes in his debut. Mm. By the way, Packers fans are probably like, man, we picked a good time. Um, I'll go. I'll go. Trend. Um, thought the Bears defense would play pretty well. Maybe maybe that's where I'm wrong. Um, but I'll, I'll go. Trend. I, th- I think Jordan Love is. Looks very comfortable. That's what you look for, right? In these young quarterbacks, does he look comfortable in the offense? It's amazing. Fields still doesn't look comfortable. Is no. st- Fields is still finding a way to create sacks for himself. Yeah. He's running. running into we saw this, uh, Brian, with Jalen Milrow, Alabama's quarterback, running two defenders. Uh, and Love looked comfortable. So I'm going to go, yeah, trend. And I will, too, because that was without Christian Watson, too. So, yeah. you know, it gets that weapon back. You'll have more more tools to work with. So, yeah, I'll go trend. Just to be a curmudgeon, I'm going to say outlier. I just think <laughs> as efficient as they looked, I think Chicago Bears, we, we don't expect much from them this year. Uh, the domination of the Chicago or the uh, Cowboy, the Cowboys over the Giants. 40 nothing, both sides of the ball. Outlier trend. I'll go. Are the Giants that bad, or is it the Cowboys? I that don't good? think the Giants are going to. See, be I don't that think bad. they don't are. Think. So I was. A, I mean, that was a, the defense at Dallas. Holy smokes, that was impressive. Yeah. But gosh, man, that was that was an ugly game. Okay, I'll right. take it first. I'll go trend. I think it's going to be a trend. I, I, yeah. I think the Cowboys are going to be legit this trend. Week. Best defense in the NFL. Yeah. It somehow wow. somehow Micah Parsons is better or looks better than he did last year. Um, yeah, trend. Giants aren't going to be that inept, but again, not enough preseason. But trend. Yeah, trend on Cowboys destroying people. Yeah, I agree. All right, D- did you ever weigh in on that, BK? No. Okay. We'll come, I wish we we'll come back to you at the end of the show on that. Waffles on. Brian, why don't you stay for this one? Because we're right. going to jump into college football. Uh, we're going to talk uh, last week and a little bit of this week. Best win, worst loss, biggest game in the week ahead. All right? Okay. Best win, worst loss, biggest game. Who wants to take it? I'll go first with best win because I'm going to take the low-hanging fruit here. Uh, and we've mentioned it, is Texas coming to Tuscaloosa and beating Alabama, handing Nick Saban his first double-digit loss at home in his 17 years at Alabama, and also ending Alabama's 21-game home winning streak. And the fashion in which they did it was a thorough manhandling. So, And, you know, you look at it this way, too. Sarkeesian, such a great play caller, and Texas joining the SEC next year. Oh, boy, that's a problem. Texas, biggest win. All right. Wow. Who's your best win over the weekend, BK? Uh, I will go kind of off the board, under the radar a little bit. Cincinnati over Pittsburgh. Cincinnati was picked, finished near the bottom of the Big 12. They lost their coach. They got Emory Jones now quarterbacking. Oh, yeah. And they go into, you know, Pittsburgh, a team that won nine games last year, and just thumped them. And so I thought that was pretty impressive. That's a good one. All right, my best win last week. Um, I, I think you took the obvious one, but I'm going to take the less obvious one. Ole Miss over Tulane. Uh, I think pretty highly of Tulane. They did not have their starting quarterback in that game. That's I thought great. they played well. They built a lead at home uh, for Ole Misses. This is their first road win against a ranked team since 2017. So a much-needed win. I thought they, they showed some uh, fight there, dart in the in that final quarter. They, they tallied 20 points to come away with a road win against a ranked team. So hats off to uh, – the Fighting Lane Kiffins being able to get it done in that Rebel offense. All right. Worst loss of right. last week. Um, another kind of low-hanging fruit and sticking with an SEC West theme, it's Texas A&M. 
uh, tough. I, I, I could say worse loss Alabama, but I'm going to go Texas A&M just because it was a pretty thorough. It was tight in the first half, but Miami just really took over. And you, Texas A&M has real worries now about their defensive coordinator with DJ Durkin there were okay zero pressure on Tyler Van Dyke he had five touchdown passes he was he had all day back there to re go through his reads yeah he was never uncomfortable so there's some things for Jimbo to work out there and Connor Wegman their quarterback through two picks was kind of up and down and you know hats off to Mario Cristobal in Miami that is a coach there as you pointed out in the preseason after you interviewed him he is an offensive line guy and that's another reason that Texas A&M, I believe, couldn't get pressure and big win for Miami. But I say yeah. worst loss of the weekend, A&M. Yeah, yeah. I will stick with the Big 12. I'll go Baylor losing to Utah was a pretty bad loss. Not so much the game, it's that game. But Baylor's now 0-2. They lost the first game to Texas State. Yeah. And now they got they have Long Island this week, five points. Ice-T? Yeah, they got the Ice-T. You know their nickname, Cato? No, I don't. Scott? Come on, it's the Sharks. Sorry, I missed that. Is it the Sharks? Oh, Scott's favorite. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) But they got Texas on on after that. They got to come to UCF, you know, their first road game of the year. So that that team, Dave Aranda, could be in some little – yeah, trouble there. So that's a that was a tough loss. I thought my my worst loss uh, last week was Nebraska to Colorado. I mean, I get that the story is how this Colorado team is all everything, and they're gonna go win a national championship or whatever. But you know, Matt Rule taking over a new program to start zero and two. It's not just the fact that they're zero and two; it's they can't score. Their offense looks awful. I think their quarterback play has been awful. Uh, Jeff Sims, he is a turnover machine. They have eight turnovers in two games, so four in each of these games. And Sims is responsible for six of them. So, not good. Uh, and, and this was a rivalry game. I get it. It's on the road. But even this week, they're back home. Home opener against Northern Illinois. This is a Northern Illinois team that opened the season up with a win against Boston College. Yeah. So, uh, that's not going to be a cakewalk for them. So, worst loss, it's it's Matt Rule and his Cornhuskers. All right. Best game of this weekend. All right, let me lead this one off with one that will make the some of the hometown fans proud. Uh, let's go. I look. Okay, so not the greatest slate in this weekend. All right, it's easy to look ahead to the following weekend when we have a bunch of conference matchups. But as I looked at these, I said, wow, look at this game here that normally would be getting all the headlines. For some reason, it's not. And I know I'm an SEC homer, but Tennessee is coming to Florida to play in the swamp. This is Tennessee that a lot of people have as the threat to Georgia, right? And so this is a chance for Billy Napier and his squad to make people forget about that performance in week one when they shot themselves in the foot in in every way possible and still were kind of in the game against Utah. Um, This is a chance for a big statement win at home. So Tennessee is favored by seven. I'm going Gators outright win and an upset and the first big win of the Billy Napier era. Mm. How do you like that? That would be huge for sure. Gator fans loving you right now. All right, BK. Uh, I'll go up the road, up I-4 a little bit. UCF's taking on Villanova. John Reese Plumley, late in the game last week at Boise State, injured his knee. So he's out. In steps, Timmy McClain, former USF mm-hmm. quarterback. Scott, you and I saw their practice, and Timmy looked actually pretty good with their their uh, yeah. offense, the, the, the drills that we saw. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of curious to see what he will do with this offense uh, coming up this Saturday. Yeah, big mm-hmm. proven opportunity. Um, I'm going to say the best game of the weekend is going to be number eight Washington visiting Michigan State. Um, Huskies, uh, they have legit playoff hopes this year, but this is their first road game of the year. East Lansing, not an easy place to play. 
Spartans, meanwhile, have like all this tumultuous stuff going on Whoa. off the field with Mel Tucker and these accusations. This is going to be, if anything, he wants to redirect his fan base and his team's efforts back onto the field with a statement win at home. I don't think they get it done. I got the Huskies winning on the road, but I think that's going to be a, a compelling matchup this that's weekend. That's a future Big Ten matchup. Yeah. Oh, there yeah. you go. There yeah. you go. Natural rivalry. It begins right now, right? <laughs> Washington, Michigan State. I like those. All right, let's let's talk a little bit more NFL action with our guest. What do you say? Well, our guest is Bucks beat writer for the Tampa Bay Times, host of the podcast Sports Day Tampa Bay, and also one of the great impersonators of one John Gruden. We welcome Rick Stroud to the program. <laughs> Rick, welcome on in. Uh, what is your working list of impersonator impersonations you have going right now? Oh wow! <laughs> uh, you, know, you do quite a you, you do said, quite a few. Of all the ones, the things you said, I guess that's what I'm most proud of. Um, <laughs> I, all right. So um, to the serious matters now, Rick, have you booked for Vegas yet after week one? Uh, if I do, it will probably be to vacation, not <laughs> anticipating that I'm working. Um, now, having said that, uh, you know, look, great week one win. Outstanding, actually, when you consider the opponent and, and the fact that they were on the road in, in a very difficult place to communicate. I thought the impressive thing – uh, in addition to just winning the game was the fact that they didn't have any false starts, um, uh, you know, no pre-snap penalty type things that you usually get. So they were, they, the operation of, of the uh, performance was pretty good. And look, it's hard to win in this league. And a lot of games are lost as many that are won. And I, I felt like that the Vikings certainly had a hand in that. Uh, you credit the Bucks defense for getting three turnovers. And one was a botched snap, which is, is on Minnesota. But then when you throw an interception on the one yard line, you know, you have a, a sack strip fumble that gives them a field goal. I mean, those are, you know, those are big points in a game that was just a three-point game. So uh, the defense hung in there. They made plays. And, and then finally, I thought Dave Canales and Baker Mayfield got going uh, towards the end of the first half. And then in the second half, it was much better. Mm -hmm. Did this outcome, Rick, change your forecast for the Bucks any for this season? Or did it kind of line up with, with where you thought they would be? Well, I don't know if it changes the forecast. I mean, if I, if I was picking games, this is not one I would have picked for them to win. In fact, I didn't, and I hate picking games, and no one should ever listen to what I say anyway about that. But yeah. um, but, but I do think that, uh, you know, I, I believe that this is a good marriage in the sense of, you know, Baker Mayfield with this offensive scheme. I think schematically what Dave Canales is trying to do uh, in the long run will will benefit the offensive line we will help with protection you know they didn't run the ball very well to say the least they averaged like 2.2 yards a carry which is even far below what they were a year ago which was the last in the league um, but they attempted it 33 mm -hmm. times you know which is a good thing um, and so uh, I think they'll be better in week five or six assuming they stay healthy the, the Achilles heel on this team is that they have a lot of guys with experience I think there's some 12, 11, 12 players from the Super Bowl team. But then behind those veterans are guys that have either never played or have been here a year and never played. Um, so it's it's really in, in the National Football League, when you're bringing in inexperienced guys on, on a playoff-type team, um, that's a tough way to go. And they haven't had that for a number of years, but we know with their salary cap and everything, that's, that's the way they've chosen to go. So um, it, it's going to be – 
it's going to be interesting to see if they can keep enough guys healthy and keep positions to to make a run. Yeah, stylistically, the the differences between what we saw last year out of Tom Brady as a quarterback and Baker Mayfield, I think, were on display on Sunday. Uh, his escapability, uh, his ability to pick up tough yards on his feet, uh, that's stuff that you're not going to see Brady do. Uh, but I, I'm curious what your thoughts are on how much of that was a protection issue for for Baker uh, having to kind of spin out of some of those guys coming off the edge versus that's just kind of what we're going to see from Baker this year that he, he's going to be a little bit uh, I don't know quick footed in the pocket yeah. trying to yeah. trying to make a little something happen well you hope that he doesn't do what he did late in that game I know I know he picked up a big first down um, he stiff arm a guy once and then he then he picked up a first down which essentially put the game away mm -hmm. Um, uh, with a throw to Chris Godwin after that. Uh, you don't want to see him lowering his shoulder. I know the sideline got excited and all of that. Um, but in terms of like, are there going to be opportunities for him to, uh, you know, to make some yards with his feet? There will be as long as he, he gets out of bounds. I think when you're running a lot of these bootlegs and waggles and rollouts, you're you're leaving it to chance in a way that they're going to take the cheese right that that everything looks like a run to the right and you spin out naked to the left the problem is if that guy doesn't take the bait uh it's you and a 300 and you know 20 pound man sometimes staring at you so that's where baker has to be very adept at, at throwing the ball away or you know evading that one player and getting what he can and um so there's a risk reward with this scheme uh, you know, you try to fool them as much as anything and, and create some big, you know, wide open passing windows, but th they also uh, can cause problems. So he's got to be smart, smarter than he was probably on Sunday, uh, because, you know, it, we, we watched Tom Brady do it from the pocket and he was just getting rid of the ball so fast that nobody could ever get there. Um, but but it also hurt the offense, right, because you complete three passes for three yards each and they'd be third and one, you know, and so. Yeah. Uh, in this one, uh, Baker just has to, uh, you know, throw the ball away when he doesn't have anything, uh, get it out of his hands. But I, I do think overall it's a it's a perfect fit between a guy that really throws off platform and is accurate as well as as any guy in the league. I mean, this is what he does really well. Rick, one of the most encouraging things I saw to get back to the defensive side of the ball was Devin White was just flying around. He had 12 tackles, eight solo, one TFL, and I don't think – I, I don't remember a game last season where I saw him play uh, like that. Yeah, I think you're onto something. Yeah. Uh, so, well, yeah. What, what's the deal there? Well, the deal is that uh, you know money is a great motivator, um, <laughs> and they've got a number of guys. And if you just look at the first game, you could say, okay, uh, these guys are on contract years. That's sometimes not the worst thing that happens, right? We just saw Mike Evans had a Saturday deadline, you know, for doing a new contract for him. He's in the final year of a five-year deal he signed. And, you know, I mean, Mike probably should have caught one or two more balls, and that was probably on him. Um, but he got in the end zone, and, yeah. and he's motivated to do that. And we, we're pretty sure Mike's going to put up a 1,000 like he does every year. But then you have Antoine Winfield Jr. who's going for a contract. What a great game that he had. Um, and Devin White is one of those guys. I mean, Devin White – isn't playing for free. He's going to make $11.7 million this year, but he had a trade request during the off season. They met sort of secretly in March and kind of ironed that out. And, and he knows that as Mike does that, whether it's here or someplace else, you know, your film is your resume. And these guys are looking for that. In Mike's case, he's made $110 million, right? I mean, he's made more money than anybody 
in in the team history but he still has more he'd like to do with it and you know in Devin's case this is his first real big bite of the apple so yeah I, I thought they were very impressive I thought Levante David was impressive but those two linebackers were flying around and Devin White to me was the player of the game on defense for them even though he wasn't the one necessarily creating the turnovers, but um, he certainly was a factor. Even what they were able to do in the second half to bottle up Jeff and Justin Jefferson, yeah. who went off. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of big names on this defense, and if they can stay healthy and, and keep that rolling, man, that this is uh, there's a promising future for that that side of the ball. But just to, to kind of go back to the Evans contract thing, what's your your hunch on where this eventually leads, Rick? I mean, are we should Bucks fans just be bracing for for him in a different team colors next year, or what what is your gauge on that? Yeah, I think you have to. I think you have to look at this as maybe Mike Evans last year in a Bucks jersey. And if that sounds awful, it, it sounded bad when it was John Lynch. It was yeah. horrible when it was Warren Sapp. And how about Derek Brooks? I mean, yeah. he didn't go anywhere by his own choice. He could have gone to New Orleans. But, you know, he, he's maybe the, one of the greatest Bucks of all time. And he was, you know, let go in a one-page release that included, you know, releasing work done and Cato June and guys like that. He was just among four or five players that day. So, um, you know, it, it's not show friends, it's show business. And I, I think that, you know, that that smacks a lot of fans different ways and players too. Um, but Mike was right when he said, you know what, the Bucks are going to do what's in their best interest and I'm going to do what's in mine. Now, does that mean that when the season is over, if, assuming he's healthy and he's had a good year, um, that he wouldn't consider staying in Tampa Bay where he's invested so much um, for the right money, yeah, he probably could. But it also means that now the Bucks are competing with 31 other teams, and Mike's, again, going to do what's, what's best for him. So um, I, I just feel like this is the position the Bucks put themselves in when they, you know, mortgage a great bit of their future for, uh, you know, for Tom Brady. And also another part of it is that Mike signed a five-year deal. You know, most guys don't get that kind of an extension uh, five years ago, which took him all the way up to the age of 30. Uh, mm -hmm. If he'd have done a three-year deal, then we'd have been having this conversation two years ago, and maybe then he does a, a longer term. So there's there's reasons on both sides, and um, but I think w what I know about Mike is he's going to go and play as hard as he can for as long as he can, and then he'll make the best decision that uh, is, is for him and his family. Rick, when you were listing off players a moment ago that were released along with Derek Brooks, did you say Cato June? Yeah, he, oh, he was one of them. Yeah, that's got, I've got to get that jersey. Yeah, it's got to be around there somewhere. Oh, June. Yeah, he was here a short time from India. Let's let's broaden out real quick. And I know you discussed this on your podcast, uh, which is Sports Day Tampa Bay. You discussed it today, just like any of us who talk football discussed it. The uh, apparent season-ending injury, some speculate career-ending to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, how did you uh, process that as a fan, uh, whether you like Aaron or not? And then. Where do you see them going with this team that really would be positioned to do uh, make a deep run? Um, where do they go with quarterback? Well, I, I mean, they really don't have many options, right? Uh, it looks like they're going to have to go to Wilson, their young young quarterback, and it's it's devastating. I think it's bad for the National Football League. This was probably the number one storyline. You know, you're talking about New York City. You're talking about the Jets. Um, you know, have won one Super Bowl in, in 69 with Joe Willie Namath. So, uh, you know, to have all that attention throughout the offseason, was he going to play, was he not? Then he goes to New York, and I was up there, you know, for a day um, with the Buccaneers. 
And, you know, that it, it reminded me so much of what Tom Brady did for Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a, a good young team with a good young defense and some really good players on offense and the accountability. And just when you have a guy like that, you're not talking about having a good season or going to the playoffs. It's it's pretty well known. We got a chance to win a Super Bowl. And there's very few players you could say that about every single year. But but Aaron was one of them. But I'm not surprised. And I mean it in this sense that. um you know, when we watched him, their offensive line is not good. It right. was not good. Yeah. And schematically, like, I think he got hit on two of the four dropbacks that he had. And there was a lot of one-on-one blocking. And look, it, you can say, well, my system is my system. But that system just got your quarterback hurt. Tom Moore has a great saying. It's like, if we get this guy hurt, you can collect the song books because church is over. You know, and, and that's where they're at. They're not going to win a Super Bowl. You know, will they will they win the division? Probably not. Could they make the playoffs? Maybe. But all the air is out of the balloon now. And I think that they had a responsibility really to make sure that he was protected at, at for any possible thing. You know, you just you had to do that. And the Bucks were able to do that with Brady. Um, but most not a lot of players as they get older in this league become more productive and less injured. It just doesn't happen. Right. So, you know, with that with that Achilles snapped four years ago or five years ago. I don't know. Um, but it's a, it's a terrible storyline. It's bad for the league. And, uh, and I don't know what Rogers will do. I suspect he'll try to come back and play if he physically can, because I don't think any player wants to end his career that way. And I think he did enjoy New York. Um, but man, it's a, it's a bummer up there right now. For sure. Um, Rick, you caught us on a, a somewhat celebratory episode, even though we all feel down right now because of that news. Um, this is our 50th episode of the No Off Days podcast. And since you've wow. been a longtime podcaster, I'm curious if you might give us a nugget or two. You don't have to do a voice, uh, but just <laughs> maybe what is a pearl to succeed as a in the podcasting space? Maybe you can help us out with that. Uh, I, you know what? And you guys, if you've done 50 of them, that, that's a number. That's a pretty good number. Um, it, it's just being committed to it, you know, and trying to figure out what people really like. I, I, and I don't, I'm not sure I know what they like. So then in, in default, I just give them what I, what I'm, what I know. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm honored to be part of the 50th yeah. anniversary of your podcast. Yes. That's, uh, <laughs> that, that's a real honor, high honor. Cause I, I really got to be honest with you. I haven't heard it. Yeah. Um, but that's that's on me. That's not on you. So, uh, you well, know, to be here and be asked to do voices and and, and I tell you what, man, <laughs> you know, what I mean, 50 podcasts, you know, that's a lot of that's a lot of freaking podcasts, man. All right. Congratulations. There on he that. We, you gave us one. I knew I knew Appreciate we'd it. get an, an additional guest on the show this week. And so thank you for that. <laughs> I'm thinking that people will start to get the word that that we're a real thing. Um, what? 150? I think we, no, I think it's when Rick, when Rick has us <laughs> no, on no. his podcast. Yeah, okay, then they'll, know that, then they'll know that we're a real thing. Well, we can do that. We can, we can do a, a prisoner swap. There's no doubt about that. Um, but <laughs> oh, yeah, I, you know, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not for anything you haven't done. It's just that I am in a tunnel. Okay. And, and it's no fault, but my own that I don't have time to do my stuff, much less listen to anybody else's. So that's on me. But you know, when you got, uh, you know, three kids, you got a 14 year old daughter and 11 year old daughter and, and, uh, and all of that. I, I am, I am overwhelmed by life. That's why I don't own pets. Yeah. If I had a pet that would push me over the ledge that would and be, yeah, the pet you know, would it's I, just one yeah. more thing. 
that's one thing I'm learning right now. I was I'm trying to look for someone to take my dog. I just got <laughs> exactly. one last year for Christmas and uh, he's worn out as welcome, Rick. Um, well, you have certainly not. But thank you so much for spending uh, your afternoon with us and giving us a, a glimpse of what's going on in Buckland. So uh, off to a good start. Thank you so much, Rick. Thanks, Rick. Appreciate you joining Appreciate the show. You guys. Keep up the great work. All right. Thank you. Always a well-informed discussion when we get a chance to chat with Rick Stroud. All right, let's bring in BK uh, as we try to make sure that we are informed as much as possible on these college football rosters. Uh, you got a you got a little trivia for us. Yeah. How well do we know these names? Right. What I'm going to do is give you two players' names. One is a legit player, actual player. It's actually on a roster right now, and the other one is just a poser. Okay. okay. Like just a totally fake name just that you made up. Just completely fake name I made up. I stink at this, so you're gonna you're gonna be able to see right through it. I love it. it. I love the fact that you labored over this. Is, isn't AI creating these names? No, this was okay. this was BK creating okay, this. Okay, good. So, right. Doctor BK. Let's go to the first one there. All right. We got Quad Harrison. Okay. And then Nishan Vision. He goes by his initial, which makes it cool. It's Envision. So which oh, one is real? Which is one's cool. fake? I hope I hope Envision is cool. I hope Envision is real. That would result in some NIL deals. Uh, I got a Quad Harrison is is real somehow. You think Quad's real? Quad is on a roster. Oh, I. <laughs> I, just, I love that Brian came up with one of these. Um, uh, I I think <laughs> Nishan Vision is real. I'm gonna say Envision <laughs> is a real person. It is Quad Harrison. <laughs> there he is. Tidy hey, in Louisiana good, Monroe. Hey, good job on that, BK. <laughs> yeah, that was like uh, what we key and peel like level. That's yeah. What, yeah. yeah. It was. It was not, those guys are great. Do yeah. we have the background on why he's Quad? Did he have an injury like early in his career? Well, that's not. Is that his name or is that his uh, nickname? He, I think he's the fourth born. He's, I made that up. Oh, <laughs> that, that would make sense. He has the largest quads you've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. He like squat he he was, you you got to be good on the squat rack if your name's Quad. He was born on the quad there you on go. campus. There you go. There you go. Oh, yeah. How about player two? We got <laughs> Comet Ball or Rusty Stats. I love Rusty Stats. <laughs> it may be Comet Ball, but I, I went with Comet. Okay. Well, then that makes it seem like you didn't come up with it. Well, I mean... What are the chances that he goes with two um, apostrophed names right out of the gates? Pretty low. You think low? Yeah. All right, I'm going to go Comet Ball is a real person. I'm going to go Rusty Stats is a real person and is related to Dwayne Stats, who does the play-by-play -play for the Rays TV. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> yeah. Offensive lineman, Texas Tech. BK, you're getting good at this. Oh, am I? Yeah, oh. you're acting like you don't know. Okay, you know? Maybe. I, I'm not sure how they pronounce it, but... Uh, you made it up. Uh, I've wow. been trying to step my game up. That's good, man. You okay, here we go. Player three. I'm sure your wife appreciates the fact yeah. you're getting better at lying. All right, go ahead. <laughs> we got Luminous Sands, Rowdy Beers. All right, Rowdy Beers is definitely a person. I know that, so okay. I'm, I'm, Luminous Sands is lovely. It sounds like a vacation resort, but I'm going to go Rowdy Beers. Yeah, I've, I've heard of Rowdy Beers, too. Yeah, yeah I thought that. He's a tight end down at Florida International. Good guy. Look at that he guy. Yeah. he his, looks like a rowdy fella, doesn't he? He does. His, yeah. uh, he has to have an NIL deal with who? Someone. Miller Lite. Yeah. yeah. Name, yeah. name your beer company for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, you can't do Bud Light, but. All right. Oh. Who's up next? <laughs> we got Blaze X Line. I like that. Or Keenan Sharp. Mm. Well, Keenan Sharp. I kind of like that. Keen, I don't get the. What's the play there? Keen, Keen and, and Sharp. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, gotcha. Probably See, goes I, now, to, I'm not very keen and sharp. Probably plays problem. at an Ivy League school. Um, I, I think uh, I'm going to say keen and sharp is... Uh, no, I'm going to go Blaze X-Line. That's real. Yeah, I'm going because it's so weird. That is real. There's a person... There he is. Very good. Blaze oh, X-Line. He gets to play against Ohio State this weekend. That's right. Maybe we'll see him uh, make a tackle. Blazing Oh, wait, what does field. he play? No, he looks like a yeah. tight end or something. He's a wide receiver. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. He's got to be fast. Okay, uh, you may know this one. Okay, we got Pig Cage <laughs> or Macon Pain. Macon Pain. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Who names their kid Pig? Who does that? <laughs> that's Pig a, Cage? That's got to be a nickname. Pig Cage. It's got to be a nickname. Oh, my gosh. That's awful. Uh, Making pain is so good, though. That's, yeah, that's that like, is pretty clever. Maybe uh, a linebacker. I think it's a little too clever, and mm-hmm. I know, you know, yeah. I, I'm going to say Pig Cage is the real, real deal. I, I, oh, he almost said something. I'm going to go, just to differ from Scott, I'm going to go Making Pain and hope that that's a name. What man? Oh, it's so proud go. of Making Pain. It Pig is. Cage. There you go. And Pig Scott, Cage. you were on it. it. It's kind of a nickname, but, I mean, he, he goes like, Quinn or Quentin is his okay. name, but everybody calls him Pig. Why? So he I, had to have wrestled the greased pig at some point in his life. <laughs> at some point, yeah. He's a linebacker? Yes. Yeah. UTSA. Uh-huh. You don't want to step into his pig cage. No. I mean, he's no. going to dominate you. He he'll, loves the slop. Yeah. He'll be yeah. making pain with yeah, you. No doubt. You got I'm, any more? Well, I got one more. All right. DeAndre Ragin or Sunday Church? Oh, that is good. Sunday church or I'm DeAndre hoping Ragin? you know what can't go wrong with Sunday church uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say real person I I like the idea of a mashup where we have Ragin Sunday uh, I'm gonna go I want to agree with Scott I want to go DeAndre Ragin let's have a rager DeAndre Ragin DeAndre Ragin wow. okay there you go that's a DeAndre great name Ragin. and he said don't pronounce it Ragin it's no. not Ragin <laughs> yeah he should have signed with Louisiana would have been nice. what was he doing I don't know. A pig should have signed with uh, the Razorbacks. Oh, that'd been good. That, uh, yeah. Golly. These these missed opportunities that, <laughs> left and right. This is why you need to be the commissioner of the NIL. This yes. Was, you, you, had, you had thought about that last week, but, and now <laughs> this is your opportunity to. Please vote for me. Guys, look. There's so much money to be yeah. made out there. Very good. Well, that was good. All right. Thanks, thanks BK. Guys. Appreciate it. Uh, big thanks to our guest, Rick Stroud, for jumping on. Um, to watch full-length episodes of this year's podcast, head to fox13news.com slash nodpod or hit that QR code. Uh, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Get us every week in audio phone. Check us out on social medias. Hey, and give us a five-star, too, if you're out there. Please. Yeah, we'd appreciate that. You're going to come to zipping? my... Something, somebody's That's zipping zipped up BK is putting his <laughs> tuxedo back in its... He, he's been holding it for the last 45 minutes, so he's ready to go. All right, appreciate it. Um, and much thanks to our, our NodPod crew as well, making this thing happen. Episode number 50. Now in the books. Historic. We've said this now 50 times. Until the next time we are on, (laughs) there are are no no off days. days. Very good. We go to 100, you think? I don't know. It's (laughs) it's, it's, it's (laughs) a fall. (laughs) I think we get this far.